lift our hands to him and just go to talk to him for a moment. Father, we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. Truly, there's none like you, Father. Our God and our Savior, our everything, our all in all. Lord, how much we love you, how much we appreciate you. How much we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives. Truly, there's none like you, Father. We thank you for the spirit of worship, Lord, that we can worship in spirit and in truth. Lord, that you could come and dwell among your people because you said that you inhabit the praises of your people. Lord, tonight we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you and thank you for this opportunity. We just ask you to reach down and touch hearts and touch lives. Father, strengthen us to take another step. Lord, strengthen us to continue on. We just want to say, Father, that we want to give it our all tonight, Lord. Lord, you see the weakness in our body and our, our voice, Lord. But, Father, we're here to serve you. And, Lord, to give you praise and to give you glory and to give you honor. We love you now and we appreciate you and thank you for all these things. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do among us, Lord. just want to go ahead and thank you for it right now, Lord. And for moving and setting us free, Lord. Raising us up, Lord speaking to hearts and lives. We commit this service into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many can say it's good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. How many can say God is good? Amen. All the time. What a mighty God we serve. It's truly good to be here with you. We've been gone for some time. Uh, we're, glad to, <clears throat> we're glad to be back. And amen. With our our brothers and sisters are ones we serve the Lord together with and in this battle with. There's no, no place like home. Um, you know, we heard the reports of Japan and Africa. I didn't go overseas, but I went to some, you know, wonderful churches and wonderful meetings, but there's still no place like home. And uh, we appreciate you tonight and thank God for each and every one of you and your desire to serve the Lord and, and the Amen, to live your life for him. Let's turn our Bibles to Philippians 3, amen, in verse 12, amen. We was at Brother Sean Martin's and then Brother Ron Spencer's and then on to Brother Josh Bennett's, so then on home, and I'm glad to be home because there was a hurricane chasing me out of there. I'm glad to. Glad to be, amen, to be home. God bless you tonight. Let's look here, Philippians 3 and verse 12. It says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Yeah. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. So there's something behind us and there's something before us. 
I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. I want to speak to you tonight on onward to the prize. Onward to the prize. And we have a prize that is before us. Amen. We have a prize of a body change, of a meeting in the air. Amen. A, a place where there won't be hurricanes or there won't be persecutions. There won't be family troubles or family issues. And what a prize that is. The only way you're going to reach that goal and you're going to reach that prize. Amen. There's something, some things that you have to do. And Paul lays it out here as he has begun to break this down as a race that we are running. And, and he said, not as though I had already attained or either or were already perfect, but I follow after. And this follow is to pursue. It means to run swiftly after. It's to catch something. You're, it's to follow zealously. And I, I believe we ought to have a zealousness about us. Amen. Amen. Uh, something about the things of God because, amen, there's also even, you know, we, we know that prize is before us, the body change, but even tonight there's something that you can obtain to. There's something that you can reach to, and we ought to have something about us that is looking for that. And, and sure, we want the body change. Sure, we want the, that's the ultimate goal, but even tonight there's something that you can get to, amen. There's a place and in him that you can achieve. And, and, and you know how I want him to say when I get over there that it was well done. I want to be known as somebody that was, a, amen, a good soldier, a good runner, uh, somebody that gave everything they had for Jesus Christ. And, and I don't want to be by the skin of my teeth, but I want it to be well done. My good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of the Lord, for you did well with what you had to do. Amen. You know, maybe you're a housewife. If you are, God made you a teacher of your children. Do a good job of it. Amen. Regardless of what you have to do, do it well. And if the children did prove to be, you know, Brother Brown talking here, he's talking about the tutor. And he says, if the child proved to be the real worthy of those things, the father head of his kingdom, been a faithful child. And he said, oh, the tutor would come back and he said, oh, your son, oh, that message I want him to bring for you tonight. Now is, oh, your son, his whole thoughts is upon you. Your son, your son, his whole thoughts is upon you. All he's trying to do is please you. He is so interested in your affair till it's hard to hold him down. Amen. I want to be somebody that's hard to hold down. I, I want to have some grit about me, some zealousness about me to serve the Lord. Amen. I, he said, I would rather be a little overzealous about the Father's kingdom than to have no zeal, zeal at all. I'd rather overwork than not work at all. Amen. And as a church of Christ preacher told me some time ago, said, Mr. Branham, I'd rather wear out than rust out. And he said, that's a lot of truth to that. I'd rather wear out and die in the harness, as Brother Neville would say, than to refuse to have the harness on. Amen. Amen. You can't do nothing any worse than neglect to try. Amen. Amen. You can't do anything worse tonight than neglect to try to enter into an atmosphere of worship, to a, enter into a thanksgiving of praise, and enter into a place to where you can receive something from Christ. There's nothing worse than neglecting, amen, the time that you have with him. 
And we have times of like these times of refreshing services and things that we, you know, that we have and are in a home and places. It's a, it'd be a crying shame to neglect the time that we have with him. And when he comes near, we ought to be cognizant of his nearness and, and of his appearing among us and what he's trying to do. And he said, let us do all we can with what we have to do with. He says, remember God's goodness to you people has become so common till you don't enjoy it anymore like you used to. He said, oh, if God would open our eyes and give us a desire to do something. He said, second night of this revival and 150 people in the audience, do you know I wonder if it could happen, if I, what would happen if our eyes could see what the Lord is doing among us? Amen. To see what he might do any night. Amen. What anticipation you would have if, if your eyes would come open and realize, amen, the angels of God are walking among us. It's more than just a word or a scripture, but it's, amen, it's something that's a reality, amen, because he promised he would be here. Not only angels of God, but he himself is here tonight. Amen. What anticipation would be in our hearts. Amen. I want to press into this. I want to give all I've got. I I don't want to hold nothing back. I I don't want a half-hearted, lackadaisical attitude, but I want to give everything I have, amen, in the service of Almighty God. And that ain't all in just your work or out there, amen, to a body change, but that even tonight in this service, are, are we willing to give our all? Are we willing to forget about those things that are behind? Maybe you had a bad day today and you had a bad day yesterday and you had a bad day the day before and it's been a horrible week. Are you willing to forget all of that and look towards the prize? Amen. To look to see what God is doing among us. And I have to say, he's doing some marvelous things among us. Amen. It would be a shame for us to sit down and say God is not doing anything when he's, when he's healing the sick and he's raising the dead. You say raising the dead? Yes, sir. There's a young man sitting right there on the front row who was dead in sins and trespasses. And God, amen, the voice of God speak to him as it did Lazarus and bring him out of a grave. We are witnessing these things. Amen. We are witnessing the power of God among us. We are witnessing the power of God to give hair back and amen, to restore limbs and to heal a brain bleed. Amen. All these, don't get tired of hearing those things. It's the power of God moving among us and how dare us neglect him when he comes by. Amen. I said, God, open our eyes and may we have something about us and say, Father, move for me tonight. Move in my heart tonight. Amen. He says, no wonder. He said, what could happen if our eyes would see what our Lord did last night to see what he will do any night. Amen. Any night. Each Christian soul should be so zealous and so full of the fire of God. Amen. His eyes open to see the coming of the Lord. Oh, I'm looking for his coming, but what about here tonight? Amen. Amen. If you don't see his coming now, you won't see it then. Come on, somebody. Amen. So as, as our pastors taught us, the rapture is for the raptured. Somebody that's already been lifted up in the heavenly places. Their eyes are on something else. Amen. For these are the signs of the milepost of his soon appearing. And we see it in the Gentile world. is just about at the end. And we see those things. Yet we yawn and pat our mouth and go to sleep and say, why does he preach so long? Uh-oh. Brother Timothy, we're talking about the coming of the Lord. No, I'm talking about this service here tonight. Or Sunday, or whatever service it is, or in your home. He preaches too long. And the Lord comes down and performs things like he said he would. 
Mercy, where, where were we going to be at when, when, we, when we realized that we neglected the presence of God and he came by our way and we, we put it off as just so, some idea of some preacher or, or something somewhere else. But God, help us to be cognizant of your presence. Amen, that he is among us. So he said, I follow after, I pursue it, I strive for it, I strive to obtain it. The prize was seen in the distance, and he diligently sought to obtain it. Amen, he pressed, he was not discouraged, he was encouraged, amen. Paul's salvation experience, you know, as the historians would look at it, when he wrote to the Philippians here, he'd been serving the Lord now for about 30 years or so, and he had won, no doubt won many spiritual battles in his time, and no doubt had grown many way, in many ways, but he, he still confessed, I have not obtained it all. Amen. Good. Amen. I believe that ought to be our own yeah. thoughts tonight. I don't care if you've been serving God 30 or 40 or 50 or 10 or 5 minutes, you have not obtained it all. Amen. There's still more for you. There, there's still more for God for you if you're not already filled up with other things of the world. Amen. He's constantly saying, I'm re- keep reaching. I, I've, I've won many battles. I, I've went around many curves in life's road. I climbed many mountains, but I still haven't obtained it all. Amen. Amen. And, and, and he said, neither has he yet been made perfect. He still had more spiritual heights to climb. He, his testimony, amen, to the apostle reminded the saints it serves to remind you tonight that there must never be a stalemate in your spiritual walk. There must never be a plateau that you get to that you're not willing to climb a little higher. Well, I can see so far, and I can see the Godhead, and I can see the, the, the baptism of the, of the, in the name of Jesus Christ. I can see how to dress, but there's something a little higher for you. We have not all attained it. There's, there's something more on this journey. The see in church age would say, I have need of nothing. Now, Brother Branham said, when anybody says, I have need of nothing, he might as well be saying, I have everything. Or he could be saying, I don't want anymore. I'm full now. Oh, yeah. Get about an hour into the service. You don't want no more and you shut down. Why? Because you don't need no more. Come on, somebody. Bear with me for a moment. We're going somewhere. We're not going to stay here, Lord willing. Amen. But amen. He said, but you don't you say, I don't want anymore. I'm full now. He says, you can't express this in any way you want to. And it all adds up to the fact that the church is complacent. She is satisfied with what she has. Now, this is our church age. So it's a spirit that we have to battle against. Now, with the bride of Jesus Christ, she won't be complacent. Amen. She won't be lukewarm. Amen. But she has to battle against those spirits. Amen, they come against you every day to, amen, just to rest a little bit. I need to rest. You know, I need to kick back a little bit. No, we got a journey here. We're going to a promised land. She's satisfied with what she has, or either she figures she has it all and has enough. And he said, that's exactly what we find today. 
What denomination is not claiming that it has a revelation and the power and the truth? Listen to the Baptists. Listen to the Methodists. Listen to the Church of Christ. And every one of them is wrong. Here the Pentecostals say they have the fullness of the fullness. Now, they, they know I'm telling the truth about them for there's not one of their manuals saying it different. They wrote it all just so nice and put it out there, their names in it, and finished it all up. God just doesn't have anymore. We're done. We're putting a period to it. And there are those, uh, those who just don't want anymore. They don't want to believe in healing. They don't want it. Although it was in the word. And I'm thankful we had a prophet that come in this day that could look up on the map and say, this is your boundaries. Divine healing is in the promised land. Amen. Salvation is in the promised land. The Holy Ghost in this fullness is in the promised land. Amen. And he showed us our boundaries. So how dare somebody come we redraw the boundaries and say it ain't so. It is so. And if it is in the land, I want all that's in the land. I want everybody. I want, I'm going to be a little stingy, Brother Joe. I want everything that God has for me. And if you don't want what God has for you, I want it. Amen. It's the same attitude. If nobody else makes it, I'm going to go. If mama don't go, daddy don't go, preacher don't go, bad, whatever, and I'm going. Now they're all saying and trying to prove that they have it all or they have enough. Yet is that the truth? He said, where is the power? Where is the love? Where is a purified church withstanding sin and walking with faith towards Jesus? Where is the unity? You can't find it. If this church has all it needs, why are they crying out for more God in the book of Acts as though they didn't have it all? And yet they have far more than what they have today. He said the book of Acts was crying out, give us more. Yeah. Right. That's right. Amen. That ought to be our cry. That's right. Give me more healings. Give me more deliverances. Give me more of the power of the Holy Ghost to fall in a service. Give me more of the rushing mighty wind. Give me more of you, Jesus. He says, not as though I already attain or either that were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend. Apprehend means to lay a hold of it and make it your own. Amen. A promise can lay out there uh, all you want. It can look so glorious and so wonderful and be so shiny and we got it memorized. But if you don't grab a hold of it and say, that's my promise. Amen. It's it's worthless. Amen. It's not there. There's no power in it for you unless you grab a hold of it and say, this is mine. Amen. Apprehend means to lay a hold. Amen. To attain the prize of victory. If I may obtain or reach the heavenly prize, there's a glorious object in view. There is a glorious object in view. What I'm talking about now is the body change, the rapture. It's glorious. Listen, we're not running this race for just a gold piece to hang around our neck or or some wreath to hang around our neck and somebody to hang a flag on us and say, you've done a good job. That's not what we're running this race for. It is a glorious prize that is before us. It's not a prize made of corruptible hands or or is corruptible. It's a prize that's incorruptible. Amen. It's something worth running for. 
Amen. If somebody can train and they can give all they got and they can beat their body into subjection, they can do all these things to race after a little piece of gold to hang around their neck. What can a child of God do when we got the prize of the body change before us? We ought to gear up and say, I'm going forward. I'm not holding back. I'm going with everything that I have. He made them, he, he's to make the most strenuous exertions to obtain it. The idea in the word of apprehend is taking a hold or seasonless, seizing it suddenly with eagerness. Amen. To seize a Wednesday night service with eagerness. Oh yeah, I'm going to go back and forth here because we got many prizes before us. There's one filling, but many refillings. Many movements of the Spirit of God. He said, where two or three are gathered, I'll be there. So it's worth seizing it. This is my service. This is my service. This is my time. I'm not waiting to another time. This is my moment. Obviously, the pursuing of the prize of the spiritual Perfection that Paul was looking at, it began with a dissatisfaction of one's present spiritual condition. <laughs> he said, I ain't satisfied with where I'm at. I'm going forward. That's a messenger of a church age. If he can have that attitude, I think we could too. Those who think they've reached spiritual perfection will not see the need to pursue to a better place. They won't see the need to climb a little higher. I'm all right where I'm at. I'm okay. There's going to be a lot of okay people in the tribulation. There is. There's going to be a lot of good people that go to the tribulation. Wonderful people. Some better than we are. <laughs> Amen. There's going to be those, but it ain't just about I'm okay. Or, you know, that's the way it is in a service. You know, the Spirit of God begin to deal with folks. I've seen it happen over and time again. Amen. You can see it going right to a person. They're just like, I'm okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Uh-huh. It ain't me talking. It's the Spirit of God talking to you. Right. Amen. And he, and, and, but I'm okay. You know, as Brother Branham said, he gave his heart to the Lord a long time ago. But he said there was a spirit that hung over him and said, wait a little longer. Right. And it kept him for years. Amen. Bound under complexes and bound under things. Why? Because he listened to that thing. But you don't have to listen to it. This is your service. If you'll grab a hold of it and say, it's mine. I'm going to have this going to be my moment with the king. Such complacent, contented people are in grave danger of becoming insensitive to to sin and blind to the weaknesses. It is only those who continue to recognize the need to move away from sin and to cultivate holiness who will make progress in a Christian life. This pursuit is by the power of the Holy Ghost producing a decreasing frequency of sin and increasingly love of the holiness of God, which makes sin, less sin feel like more. Did you get that? Amen. When you're really moving towards a prize, all this stuff in this world, amen, it may not seem like much. And times past, you to put it off as just being Brother Tim's idea or this or that and the other, you know, and you kind of put it off somewhere. But as you begin to move towards Jesus Christ, less sin becomes more sin. 
It becomes greater sin. It, became, it becomes something that you don't want nothing to do with. You, you want to push it as far, forgetting those things that are in the past, pressing forward toward the mark. So there was a race to run. Paul, speaking of this, one running to secure the prize. The prize would not stop to look behind him to see how much ground he had covered or who his competitor, how many of his competitors had fallen or was lingering in the way or how long you've been running. Amen. He, they weren't worried about that. They just, he said, I've got my face set on one thing. That's Jesus Christ. He would keep his eyes steadily on the prize and strain every nerve that he might obtain it. If his attention was diverted for a moment, it would hinder his flight and he might stumble and fall. So it means, and then might be the means of him losing the crown. So the apostle says it was with him. He looked toward the prize, onward to the prize. He fixed his eye intently on that. Amen. I truly believe that there was more people set on the coming of the Lord. You'd find a lot less mistakes in your fellow believers. You'd find a lot less mistakes in your church. You'd be a lot less church splits if people's eyes were on the coming of the Lord. But what happens? Our eyes get on somebody else or some kind of failure over here or somebody that's fallen over here. Next thing we know, we're tripping up and falling headlong. God wants you to keep your eyes upon him. Amen. Look to the author and the finisher of our faith. He fixed his eyes intently on it. It was a single object in his view. He, in other words, he becomes single-minded. He, he get, gets to where that object is all he sees. Everything else is just kind of blacked out or clouded out. And you know how it is. Sometimes we call it staring off in space. You're focusing on something. And right now I'm focusing right over there, but those right there probably think I'm staring at them. But I'm staring at the wall. And, but something over there catches his eye, and he's looking at it. And he quits looking at the waters and the waves and the problems and the situation. And this said that and the backbiters and the tattletellers and all this stuff. We're quit looking at them and what they have to say. We're looking at one thing. That's the prize. That's the goal. That's getting out of here. Amen. We don't want to stay here. So he says, forgetting those things. What things? Sure, there's good things to remember, as we spoke about just now, about the healings. That's not what he's talking about, forgetting. There's glorious things that's happened to you and some of your own lives, amen, some that we may not even know about, but God just miraculously moved. That's not what he's talking about forgetting because Psalm 77, 6 says, I called to remembrance my song in the night. I communed with my own heart. My spirit made delights, diligent search. 105 and verse 5 says, remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. 2 Timothy 1, 5 says, when I called to remembrance the unfaith, unfeigned faith that is in thee. So Paul was not saying forget all things, but forget Things that hinder you. Forget about the sins of the past. Forget about your past mistakes and the past hurts and the past failures and, and and the past. Forget about it. Press toward the mark. Look forward. Don't look back. 
Forget about even looking at somebody over here that maybe stumbled and they're saying stuff about the church and they're doing something. Forget about that. Paul actually cautions us and says, don't even compare yourself with somebody else. It's man that compares man with man. God don't do that. You know, it's man, you know, we think it's spiritual because we, we, you know, we, we, we mistake our, uh, our um, own ideas or our opinions for something that's spiritual. Well, I got the top five preachers. Man makes the top five preachers. Well, I got songs I like and songs I don't like. Man makes that. Amen. Amen. So in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, he says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So we're not here to compare ourselves to how this one was running or that one ain't doing or this one over here is going down or that one's over there way ahead. We're not looking at that. We're looking at one thing, the prize. Amen. But we will not boast of the things without our measure, but according to the measure of rule that God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. So, amen, we have to be confident in what God called us to be. Amen. I love ministry that's confident in what God called them yeah. to be. I, I'm not trying to be Brother Craig or any of these other ministers up here. They're not trying to be me or, or any of the others. Amen. We're confident in what God called us to be. Amen. You say, well, that's wonderful for preachers, but you need to be confident in what God called you to be. Amen. He didn't call you to be old drug head or out there in the world or some son of the perdition. He called you to be a son of God. Be comfortable with what God called you to be. And run this race. In other words, God made you. Period. Period. (laughs) I love that. God made you. And thank God when God made you, everybody's different. Amen. I mean, it's a bit. Remember, I think Brother George Hamilton had this conversation years ago. We sat, I think, at a McDonald's, and he just made this statement. I remembered it kind of stuck with me. He said, It's amazing to me how many different ways you can design a face. (laughs) That's mind blowing. I mean, how many different ways can you set ears and nose and eyes? And It's amazing. God is amazing how he, he made each and every one of us. So in that, he gave each and every one of us certain abilities. Some of us are fast runners. Some of us have great faith. Some of us are prayer warriors. Some of us are, are good amanners, and I wish all of us was, but some of us are. Amen. But God made us in different ways. Amen. But listen, God made you. Boo devil, God made you. And if God made you and placed you in this hour, he's got confidence in you. And he knows you will make it. If he made you, he knows you will make it. And there ain't enough devils or roadblocks or persecution or sickness or whatever that he can place in the way of a true believer. But all were Christian soldiers. Marching as to war. We're going on. Well, what about this one? We're going on. Said, I can't count myself to have apprehended. So once again, let's consider the anticipation of the prize. Running, these men, 
Usain Bolt's fastest man in the world, I guess, right now, beats himself, eats a certain diet, does a certain thing, trains, because he's got one race to run. Maybe he'll run a couple at the Olympics. But he gives it all he's got, and that's his goal, to cross that finish line. I've got to get there. Well, what you saying, won't you come out here and do this over here and let's go have a party? No, I'm running a race. I got a goal in mind, and I'm going to pursue it with everything I got. I mean, young people, when you get that goal in mind, they come into the Lord, the world will just fall away, dimly fall away. All this other stuff won't be as great and grand no more. I mean, think about how men beat themselves up to win a little trophy about yay tall called the Lombardi Trophy and NFL football. I mean, they live with, with injuries and they live with some of them paralyzed from trying to obtain this little trophy about, I don't know, somewhere around this tall. Men get on the back of bulls and ride 2,000-pound beasts to receive this little buckle right here, a little buckle. It says, I'm the PBR champion. Big whoop. You went through broke, and I have one of them. They interview, I got this broken, this broke over here, that has been broken, this broken, this. I think every bone's broke. There ain't none of them been, not been broke. For what? A little bitty buckle. And we race and we race and we race through the week for what? So we can pay a bill. So we can get to the end of the week and realize we still ain't got enough money. We race and we give. I'm going to work. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So we can just have some black ink instead of some red ink in our checkbook. It's nothing. Listen, what are we running about? What about you? What are you running for? What are you running? What's your race? What, what race are you on? Are you, try, you know, I, I, I just met a young man that was um, there at Brother Ron Spencer's church, and he's a young boy who's helping park, and he actually came up the night I preached and asked for the Holy Ghost, and Brother, Brother Ron told me afterwards, he said, that boy was on his way. He'd been invited to that place where they was doing that gaming, and that gunner, gunman come in and shot all, a lot of them up. He said, that boy was invited there. He's one, been one of the top gamers in the country. He said, but God got a hold of his heart. It's a different race. I mean, we're racing our energies and everything to be a top gamer. Come on, somebody. We're talking all of this stuff. They want one day there'll be no more Lombardi trophy or no more ball that they had. No, one day all that's going to be gone. Cars you rode in, the houses you live in, all that stuff, going to be gone. So what race are you running? Where are you going where you're running? Amen. We need to stop and think and say, where am I running to? Or are you running from something? Amen. We're not supposed to run from something. We're supposed to run to something. And it ain't running to some other man or some other creed or some other dogma or some kind of earthly prize. We are running for one thing. That's to leave here. That's to get out of this place. I press. There's a mark. Press to the mark. The idea of a distant mark, look at, is the goal or end one has in view. We have a higher calling 
than to find satisfaction in this world. Yeah, I'll say that again. We have a higher calling than to find satisfaction in this world. Will you ever reach the mark? Brother Tim preached a series a while back, well, a long while back, on the family series. And I remember hearing one about the rat race. Talking about the rat race. In the rat race, if you're running in a rat race and you get down to the end of it and you win, guess what? You're still a rat. You get down in this and you're running as hard as you can towards some of these earthly things, guess what? You lost. It don't matter if you become number one or you get to hold a trophy. It don't matter. You lost. If you're not running for this race of eternal life. You'll never reach, it, reach the mark in this world. I've told this before, but it's, it's a wonderful thought. Me and Brother Tim, some, Tim Winter some time ago, were riding around the loop at our house and a lot of hills there, you know, and riding a bike, of all things. And we go around, and we come up this last hill, and it's murderous, and we're puffing, and we're puffing, and we're going up top. I said, Brother Tim, just think about it. This is the last hill. I said, we done come through many hills and many valleys, but this is the last one. I know home is just right around the corner. What's it going to be? What would it be like tonight if we realize this is the last hill? This is the last moment. Wouldn't there be something rise up in you and say, oh, we're almost home. I'm running, running for my life. I'm going with everything I got. Are you tired? Yes, I'm tired, but I'm still running. Are you wore out? Yes, I'm wore out, but I'm still running. Hallelujah. It's the last, I want to tell you, we are at the last age. There's not another generation coming. There's not another age coming. You are the finishers. God put you here for a reason. God made you. So we finish up this part of it. We think of Luke chapter 17 and verse 28. It said, likewise, also in the days of Lot, they did eat. They drank. They bought. They sold. They planted. They built. That's a lot of running. But it's running after the wrong thing. Here they are drinking and they're buying and they're selling and they're building houses and all this stuff. Meanwhile, just right across the valley, God is meeting with Abraham. And they missed it because they were running after the wrong thing. And the same day the lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven, destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day of the Son of Man is revealed. That's this day. In that day when he shall be upon the housetop, his stuff in the house, let him not go down to take quit running that away. Amen. He that's in the field, let him not likewise turn, return back. Remember Lot's wife. Ain't that incredible that that's what he said out of everything you could remember of all the wonderful things that's happened in this generation. He wants you to have one thing in mind while you're running. Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't look back. Skip a few things here. 
Paul, read this again as we look at, look at this a little more. Philippians 3 and verse 12. Also Exodus 14 and verse 1 says, Not as though I had already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. How many would be that way tonight? But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth in those things which are before. Remember Lot's wife. Forgetting those things that are behind. God will take care of it. Forgetting those things that are behind. Reaching forth into those things which are before. Brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, when I got to thinking about Exodus as the children of Israel left, left out. Now, Think about all the things that they could remember of what God had done for them. Now, Paul says to forget some things, and the Bible says to remember some things. So there's some things to remember, but there's a lot of things you need to forget. Here they had the, the ten plagues to remember. They had, I mean, how God had moved miraculously and gave a promise of a deliverer. And here a deliverer shows up and, and God begins to pour out judgment upon Egypt until the Pharaoh said, get out of here. Take, a, take your cows, take your camels, take your donkeys, take everything. Take your children, your wife, take it all. Get out of here. Amen. And they're walking out in great, a great wonder and, and looking towards the Canaan land because God had told them, I'm going to take you out of Egypt and I'm going to take you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, I love, like I said before, I love how God does things. He never, he wasn't, he wasn't telling them what was all going to take place in the middle because he wasn't worried about it. He already had the answer there. I mean, he had the answer for the Red Sea. He had the answer for the bitter waters. He had the answer for no water. He had the answer for no food. He had all the answers, so he wasn't worried about it. He just said, I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to take you in. You look towards the promised land. And so they go towards the promised land, and they come to the Red Sea, and all of a sudden, their trap seemed like, and here the Red Sea before, mountains beside them, and, and they hear the hoof, hoof of the enemy behind them coming down their trail, and they look back. And they don't remember what God done. They remember what they were. Slaves. They're not old graves in Egypt. There's a lot of us buried back there. There's plenty more room for us to be buried back in Egypt, Moses. Why did you bring us here to what to die? They forgot immediately what to remember. Listen, when you're in a trial, don't look back at what was. Look back at what God does. And if God has healed or delivered or set free before, he can do it again. And he will do it again. So Moses is here at this moment. One of my favorite parts of the scripture because... It's just powerful how God begins to speak. And he says, fear ye not, stand still and see. In other words, okay, turn your eyes from those Egyptians and turn your eyes toward the salvation of the Lord. And see, amen, see what I shall do. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. I like that. I like to put it in Southern language. 
The Lord will fight for you. You shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quit complaining about it. Quit worrying about it. Keep your eyes on the goal. If the Red Sea's in the middle of it, God will make a way through it. Amen. If there's an issue in front of you, God will come on through for you. He's, he ain't never failed nobody. Why do you think he's going to fail you? God made you. And if he made you, you're going to make it. If he placed you in this hour to hear this wonderful truth that we have, can you imagine the percentages of a chance that took to have you sitting here tonight? There's some that their granddaddies died in the battlefield. There's some that should have died, but there was a seed to pass through. Amen. Amen. God watched over thousands or whatever, hundreds of generations to come all the way down to the finish line. And he's got a special breed of people here to cross it. He made you a certain way with some staying power. He gave you the ability by his Holy Ghost to come down. He made a way that it could come back in his fullness and his full power, full manifestation. So you could have staying power, that you could hold the way. You could have, hold the trail. You wouldn't turn to the right, turn to the left and be all tore up about it. But you're going to hold and you're going to keep your eye on the goal. I'm not wavering from here. This is where I'm going. Brother said, God just must have got enough of it. He must have just got sure fed up with it. Why are you crying to me about? Haven't I already proved to you who I am, my identification? Haven't I told you that I sent you for the job? Didn't I tell you to do this? Didn't I promise you that I'd do this, that I would be your mouth? I would speak through you. I would do this. You show you signs and wonders. Didn't I promise it? And haven't I done exactly as I said I was and destroyed every enemy around you? And here you're now standing at the first trial and you're crying at me. Don't you believe me? Can't you see that I've sent you to do this? Come on, Moses. Amen. Don't you believe him? Don't you believe your prophet? Don't you believe your God? Amen. He's called you and he sent you to do this. He didn't send you in this hour to start a race. He sent you in this hour to finish a race. He called you for this moment. You have been made by God. Do you know what you have need of? You know if you're going to take these children over to the promised land, you're pinned up here in a corner. There ain't nothing else you can do. So there's a need. Why are you crying to me? Why are you looking to me for? What are you calling on me about? Haven't I proved it to the people? Haven't I proved it to you? Haven't I called it? Isn't it scriptural? Didn't I promise to take this land, people to that land? Didn't I call you and tell you I would do it? Didn't I call and say I sent you to do it? That it wasn't you, it was me. I'll go, I'd go down and I'd be your lips and what have you said? I would vindicate it and prove it. And here you are acting like a little baby. Be a man. Speak to the people. Amen. Move forward. Don't cry. Speak. What are you crying to me about? Just speak to the people and go forward to your objective. Nothing can stop you. I want to ask you tonight, do you not believe this message? Well, maybe I better ask that again. Do you not believe this message? You believe it with all your heart. 
with everything that you've done. Has God already showed sign after sign after sign after sign? And not only 50 years ago or 60, whatever it's been, he has showed it in this hour we're living in. He has showed it to be exactly the truth. He has showed it to be 100% the truth. It's not halfway the truth or partial truth or 99% the truth. It's 100% the truth. It's so wonderful you can hang your soul on it. Amen. It's 100% the truth. Then why are you crying for? Speak and go forward. Go with everything you got. Amen. Quit your whining and complaining and say, I got my eyes on a goal and I'm going to make it because God said I would. And if he said I would, there ain't a devil in hell that can keep me from it. I'm going through. Jesus, I'm going through. Don't cry no more. Speak the word. Speak to your mountain. He said, my, oh God, what this church ought to be this morning with God's perfect vindication, a pillar of fire among us, signs and wonders, everything just like it was in the days of Sodom. He said it would return back. And here is the world in its condition. Here's the nation in its condition. Here's the woman and man in its condition. There's the church in its condition. Everything falling right into place, seas roaring, tidal waves, men's heart failing for fear, perplexed of times, distressed between nations, the church falling away, the man of sin arising up who calls himself God and sitteth in the temple of God showing himself, oh my, where are we at? God has sent his true word, undenominational, no strings are tied to it. Give us the pillar of fire. The Holy Ghost has been with us now for 30 years. And everything that he predicted, said, and said could come exactly the way it did, it, 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 that he said it would. Speak to the people. Let's go forward. We have an objective. And that's glory. We have an objective. That's glory. Let's move towards her. We're heading to the promised land. All things are possible to them that believe. Speak to the people. Haven't I proved it? Haven't I had my picture taken among you? Haven't I showed you signs and wonders and everything? And God is here for you. Joshua. He began to go. He had his eyes set on the promised land for so long. And he finally gets there, ready to cross over. And he said, we can't do it. And he's, he's, I can only imagine his grief and his, he's like, well, what? After all we've seen. Now, we're past even the Egyptians. We're now the Red Sea, the water out of a rock. Think about it. Water out of a rock. The least place you'd ever find water in a rock. And this rock followed them all through the desert. <laughs> Seen all these signs. Manna every morning. Rain down out of heaven. God vindicating himself to them. And they get to the cusp of their land. And they say, we can't take it. There's giants. Joshua says, what? Giants? I didn't see no giants. 
I didn't see anything that my God couldn't handle. Caleb said, that's right, Brother Joshua. We're more than conquerors. How can you say that, Caleb? Because God said we was. God made us. He placed his word in our, our, our lives. It, it's ours to take. And they're moved away. Forty years they wandered in the desert because somebody wouldn't go onward. I try to say this with all the grace I know. We're tired of waiting on some of you. Let's go forward. Let's push with everything that we got. Let's go get let's go get those last souls. Let's have some zealousness, zealousness about us, amen, to go and begin to speak to our neighbor, begin to speak to those around us and say, hey, I know a living God. I know somebody that can put hair on a body. I know somebody that can heal. I, I tell you, I just this week, uh, uh, um, there's a brother in Brother Ron Spencer's church. He come to me. He says, you know, I, at the same time, I've been diagnosed with the same thing that, or with cancer. I don't know if it's the same thing, but with cancer. And he said, about that time, Sister Lana's testimony come through. He said, I want you to let her know that has given me such courage yes. to stand. Because God can do that for her. He'll do it for me. Yes. That's the kind of faith to look towards. Amen. Look towards it. Brother Brown said, if you're sick in body, put a well body before you and walk to it. I'm just who, this is not who I am. This over here is who I am. I'm walking over there to it. And one day your body will match your confession. Joshua comes. We've been hearing these things and I won't spend a whole lot of time here. An anointed, called of God. He's out fighting a battle, running out of daylight. He says, son, stand still. There was a need. Enemies still had to be defeated. Son, stand still. Amen. Maybe that's where we're at. We're in that time of the son standing still for a moment before he comes. I don't know. But why would he be doing that? Because there's more enemies to defeat. Not more children to lose or, or more people to go down and dead. There's no, there's more because he will be just as thwarted or defeated today as he was 2,000 years ago when he walked the shores of Galilee. He's going to be just as, the devil's going to be just as defeated today in a bride body as he was in a corporal body. There's more demons to defeat. Onward to the prize. Hey, well, I got a devil in my way. Get your sword out and go to cutting devil's heads off. Amen. I got something in my way as a blockage. If God don't make a way through it, he'll make a way around it. He'll make a way over it. God will direct you. Speak and go forward. I got unbelievable amount of stuff tonight, but try to go down. During the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, the last runner to finish the marathon was an athlete from Tanzania. He had had a difficult race, to say the least. He had stumbled at one point and ended up bruised and bloodied with a broken leg, but he didn't quit. Even though everyone else had already finished the race and gone home, he kept at it. 
Finally, at seven in the evening, he straggled into the near-empty stadiums. There were still about 7,000 people on hand to witness his finish. And all 7,000 stood, giving this battered athlete a standing ovation as he finished his last lap. When they asked him, he said, why didn't you quit? He simply said, my country did not send me halfway around the world to start a race. They sent me to finish it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God didn't send you to start out and start in this race and begin to run, but he sent you to finish. And there's a bandstand. Seven God's army that's went on Paul and Arrhenius and all the runners through all the race. They've already crossed, but you still have to cross. He said, well, I'm dragging. Keep on coming. Don't stop. Keep on pushing. Don't quit. Keep on going. Hallelujah. Onward to the prize. It's more than just a little trophy, a participation trophy. It is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a prize we have to look to. God didn't send you here to start. He sent you to finish. And finish strong now. Finish well. Run this race. Run it with everything that you got. Don't hold nothing back. Hallelujah. Amen. We can see runners, Abel by faith, Enoch by faith, Noah by faith, Abraham by faith, Sarah by faith. They all died in the faith. They run their race. Oh, God. Isaac run his race. Jacob run his race. Joseph ran it. Moses ran it. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He ran his race. The children of Israel ran their race. Oh, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. By faith the harlot Rahab did perish not. And he goes on, what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and other prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lying, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Some kind of race, ain't it? Out of weakness they were made strong, waxed violent, violent in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They was running with one goal in their mind. Others had cruel trials of cruel markings and scourges, bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, sawed asunder, tempted, slain with a sword, wandered about in sheepkin, goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world is not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good report through the faith, received not the promise. The end goal. Amen. God having provided something better for us that they without us should not be made perfect. So they are depending on you to finish the race. They hold everything about them is resting on us finishing. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. I wonder how many here tonight say, God, let me lay aside every way and the sin that does so easily beset and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. 
What? Look into what? Look into what? Look into what? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He was the author of the first church. He's the finisher of the last church. He's the author of your life. He's the finisher of your life. There is nothing the devil can do until God is finished with you. Amen. So you have a right to stay here and finish this race. Who for joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. One day we'll be able to sit down Talk about it. Rejoice about what God did in our lives. We'll remember those things that God did. How he moved on our behalf. How he come down and healed our bodies. Changed us from vile creatures. Born, shaped in iniquity. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Headed for hell. One moment with the king changed our lives forever. We begin to run a race. You've started it. Now finish it. We've been called to finish. We've been called to complete this. And without us finishing, they can't be made perfect. But somebody's going to finish. How many is it going to be? Somebody's going to finish. Somebody is going to be a cross line right there. One day, whatever it is, maybe it's June 23rd, all of a sudden you step over. Finished. New body. And you hear Moses say, I knew you could do it. You hear Elijah say, I saw you. I knew you could do it. You're all those Paul. I was counting on you. I'm so glad you're here. I've been cheering for you. I've been screaming out. Listen, it ain't just Paul and all those from way back is there. We got people in our own generation. Brother Jerry Shaw, he's there screaming out. You can do it. We're depending on you. Don't fall off to the side. Run with everything that you've got. Finish this race. There is a prize. And if Brother Jerry could speak to you tonight, he would say, oh, it's so wonderful. It's a place like I never imagined. There's no sorrow. Ooh, I can breathe here. God is in the midst of us. Oh, what a wonderful thought to think of that grandstand as they're screaming out tonight. You can do it. Keep pressing the mark. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep pushing. It's only one more hill. It's only just a few more moments, and we're out of here. Onward to the prize. How many would stand to your feet and say, I'm marching? Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross before me, going on before. I'm not stopping. Hallelujah. I'm giving everything I've got. I'm not laying aside, I'm laying aside everything that would hinder me and try to hold me. They are throw it down. Throw that old bad bag of worldly peanuts down. This train is in the block and it's leaving here. Get on board. And go with everything you got. 
Father, we love you, Lord. Jesus, we praise you, Father. Oh, God, there's some finishers here tonight. Oh, there's some finishers here tonight. Amen. They're going to run through a troop and leap over a wall. They're going to overcome demons. They're going to overcome hell. The gates of hell will not prevail against. They're going to push to the mark. Lay a hold on with zealousness, with eagerness. This is my prize. This is my goal. This is my moment. Oh, my, let's just raise our hands for a moment and praise him. Can you hear the cloud of witnesses tonight speaking to you? Oh. You can make it. It's in you. Keep going. Take another step. This might be the last hill. This might be the last few moments. Push. Hey, if we got five, ten more years here, that's just a few moments in the grand scheme of eternity. It's just a blink. Think about how fast the last ten years went by. And if you'd have been pushing, where would you be? Push with all you got. Go forward. Don't become complacent. Have some zeal about you. Let's worship the Lord. I'm good.